On a busy session day, Legislative Hall is bustling and crazy. But underneath that chaos, there is a team of people who make sure everything runs smoothly. Many of the people who work here have years of insight into our state government, and their unique stories and backgrounds are a part of what makes this building special. We sat down with several of these essential members of the Legislative Hall family to hear from them directly. Here's what they had to say. From the Delaware House Democratic Caucus, this is Whip Count. Um, well, my name is Sarah Zimmerman. Um, I'm the Legislative Librarian and Research Analyst for a Division of Research. Um, I've been here for about seven years. Um, I came from a public library prior to that and before that a college library. So it's been a bit of a ride to get here. I'm from Delaware. I grew up in Newark. Um, so I've been here my whole life. I always said I'd leave and then, you know, I worked for the state. Um, I've always been interested in government and just how it works. So after I got my master's in library science, I had taken legal research and also government documents. So I, f I found it interesting, just the information that's available. So when um, someone told me about this job had opened up, I applied for it and um, I was lucky and I got it. So you had a background in library yes. studies and yes. working in different places. Yes. So. Um, I used to work at the Hokesson Public Library, um, which I enjoyed. I, I do like public libraries, um, but I've always been more interested, I guess, in research. So this definitely had a much larger research component, which um, I've always liked. So I definitely wanted to aim towards that. It was just, I had to start somewhere. So, and um, you know, public libraries are great. So I still work with them. Um, I know librarians, they have a library legislative day. So I tend to coordinate a little bit with them, just let them know what's going on in the building. Um, and I work closely with the public archives too, just to get all the research um, that I can't keep in my library, just given the size constraints. Can you kind of um, describe what the library, you know, looks like and what people, how people can kind of search and find different yeah, definitely. things? Definitely. Um, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of, um, online things. We don't have an online catalog. I have lists that I'm happy to share, but I have not got an online catalog set up. So basically, it's a it's a very small room. Um, we do have movable shelves, so that helps store things. Um, I have legislation, uh, original back to 1973, which is when synopses started being used, so that's why we saved it. Um, I have prior codes. Um, anyone is welcome. I have public come in. Um, it does get crowded during session days just because it is a bit of a lobbyist hangout. They use it for research and it has tables. Um, but anyone can come in and research. I have public computers. I have uh, journals so we can track the session. Um, I've worked with UD's library to get um, the House and Senate journals digitized so people can just go online and do a uh, PDF search on those. And then Archives has also digitized all the um, chamber books that the Commerce, uh, Chamber of Commerce publishes. It has, you know, pictures and everyone's history. So that's really great because if people need to know, you know, some people are interested in where they sat, what parties they're in, that'll show you everything, what committees. Um, so I do have a lot of researchers asking for that from other states and uh, grad students, PhD students, they love finding random facts. So. It's always fun. Um, I enjoy working with the public. Uh, I think anyone who works with the public knows it can be a bit of a headache some days too, but it's always interesting the questions you get and it's great when you can actually help them. Um, I always have to, you know, preface everything with I'm not an attorney, nothing I say will really matter if you, you know, go for a judge, but you know, here's a law, you might want to take a look at this. So I enjoy it, especially um, when people thank you and you know, they'll write and be like, okay, that was a great help. And it's sometimes interesting too to see what different um, researchers are doing. 
just because they find different topics and the PhD students, you know, they'll come out of like, they have to find their own original thing to start looking at. So sometimes it can be challenged because you don't have that data gathered, but it can be definitely interesting to see what people are looking at and comparing it to, you know, what other states are doing. So you meet a lot of neat people that way. I think the range of people you meet is what I like the best because I get lobbyists, I get you know the public, I talk to prisoners, I talk to pretty much you know the person walking down the street who has a question about a law. So it's, I think it's important they have access to their government information and you know know what's going on. Coletta Morton, I worked at Legislative Hall for 35 years. Uh, I was born and raised in Delaware, went to school here and graduated. I just applied for a job with the state because I heard it was a great thing to do, you know. My mother worked for the same division, facilities management, and so she says, here, let's fill out applications. So I did many applications before I got hired. So I finally got hired, and she retired, and I am here at Legislative Hall. A uh, typical day is you come in, and you're the first person here, and you get your work done, and all of a sudden, Capitol Police comes in, and then other people start to come in, and um, they stop and talk and have a conversation. Sometimes it takes up my time just talking besides doing my work, which is fine. I still get done on time, and I still get it all done. And uh, the people are so nice here. I couldn't ask for any better place to work but legislative halls. When session begins in January, the second Tuesday in January, people are more open to say good morning and nice conversation. As time goes on to getting to the end of um, session, people have a tendency to like keep going and sometimes they'll say hi, sometimes they won't. And I think everybody gets to the point where they're ready for this to be over with. They're just about done with this. So I understand when they don't speak, I know that they care, you know, and later on when everything's over with, that's when they say, Hi, and I'm sorry. I told them, don't apologize, because I do understand. And um, it works out pretty good. And, and this happened year after year, so I know people's personalities and how it goes, because everybody's busy trying to make sure the bills are passed and this thing is done and um, everybody's taken care of and when we're going to get out of here with time and are we going to be finished at this time. And uh, so I just... Go along with it and just keep on moving. What are some, like, some funny stories or just little moments that, you know, just make you think, like, this is, like, an interesting well, place? <laughs> I had one lady that was here, bless her heart, she's not, not here anymore. Actually, she passed away. And she came in and she said to me, the next time you put the toilet paper on the roll, could you start it, please? And then I had somebody come and get me said, it's something on the elevator. And I said, okay, uh, let me go see what's on the elevator. Show me. And it was one strand of hair stuck to where tape was there. It was sticky tape, you know. And it was one strand of hair. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, really? You know, or either they'll say, when the other pe cleaning people come, I'm thinking, what other cleaning people? I am the cleaning person, you know. Um, you know, and then some people are rude to you, and then there's some people that aren't, you know. So you have to roll with it and just go with it. So you just kill them with kindness. Even though they're rude and they don't want to speak, you just say, good morning to them, you know? And you got some that'll come in and they're looking for a certain place to go. 
and they don't want to ask you what direction to go. And I watch them walk down the hallway, back down the hallway. Then I say, can I help you? Oh, yes. Could you tell me where this room is? And I said, yes. And I'll go ahead and tell them. So there's been people that while I'm working, I uh, would say to them, would you like to see the governor's office? And I give them a tour because the governor's not in here yet. And they love it. So I had one couple came and they loved what I did. And the next thing I know, they came back with flowers and gave me flowers and said, thank you for the day. And that was so nice. It makes it worthwhile working here with the people that I work with. How has um, how has Legislative Hall changed in all the years that you've worked here? It's changed quite a bit. The, um, of course, you know, people come and go. It was a little more fun then. I know it's a little more serious because things are, you know, people are different. We got more people go to college and more people got more degrees, and they're really about business. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. But um, there used to be some times in here where they brought in food and you go in the room to clean it and you're like, oh, you got chicken bones on the floor and you got cake smashed in the floor. And then even one time they had crabs and they're like, they're eating crabs in here and the crab shells was everywhere, you know, and then it's just it just was fun. And then it was a time when they used to let the ladies do these little skits in the chambers. Some of the ladies are still here. And uh, they would do little skits about different legislators and things. It'd be funny. They they had a good time. They really had a good time when it got close to the end of a session. Any advice you have for people who you know during this crazy always time? Always say good morning and always give a smile. Sometimes people ask you to do things you might not want to do it, but you go and do it, and you go go do it then. Don't wait. And uh, you know, I just love people. You know, and I like being around them and chatting with them because everybody has something interesting about their life. And sometimes when you find out those things, you might even have more things in common than you know. You know, you might even know people that they know, that you might even see them down the road again, you know. And I know sometimes when you say, oh, I'll be back when you retire. Some people don't make it back and some people do. But I will always think about the people that I met in Legislative Hall that made my life so special. Uh, my name is Armand, Armand Yusuf Kanyan. Um, I've been working at Legislative Hall going on four years now. So I've been basically uh, in this business since I was in diapers. You know, it's been a family business. Grew up in the kitchen, stuff like that. Um, we've had a few different places over the years. Uh, first, we started out in um, in Newark, right next to Main Street. Uh, we used to own Cleveland Avenue Sub Shop. It was a family business. And uh, in 2005, we moved down here to Dover. Uh, we bought a place here. We packed it up. We left. We came down here. And we loved it down here. The community down here is great. I love Dover. We picked up the contract here in Legislative Hall four years ago. You guys came to came up to the store, I guess, uh, whoever you had in the kitchen had just left. You guys offered to see if we wanted to pick up the contract, and I was just out of college, and I was like, you know what, yeah, it's a good opportunity, it's another kitchen. I was planning on expanding the business anyway, so it just sort of fell on my lap. Working with a family business, it's a lot of fun. It can be trying at times, you know, always working with family, you know, it can always be a bit difficult. Uh, right now, my sister's down in the kitchen right now, holding it down while I'm up here doing the podcast. It's, it's good, it's definitely good working with family, it's very close-knit. All of the employees basically become like our family, too, and everything like that. It's, uh, it's good. It's a lot of fun. Very secure. And you get to take a lot more pride in doing it, too, because you know it's your own. And you're growing your own business and stuff like that. And I do like that a lot. Uh, Legislative Hall is actually it's a very interesting sort of little uh, 
microcosm over here that you guys got going on. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, you guys definitely keep me on my toes. It gets, uh, it gets really busy here. It gets, uh, it gets crazy. A little bit more fast-paced than even, you know, over at the other store just because I work with less people. The kitchen's smaller, everything like that. Uh, but all in all, just the general, like, stories I hear, the uh, relationships between people and everything like that here, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. It's really worth it. I like, uh, like getting to know everybody here. Everyone's uh, real nice. It's a lot of fun, uh, especially when it gets down to the last, uh, last week of June. That's when it gets really fun. People start running around like chickens with their heads cut off. It's great. I go through so much coffee. You know how much coffee you guys drink in this place? It's crazy. I wouldn't want to, you know, put anybody's personal details out there. But uh, one thing that I do notice is that uh, when people are in the kitchen waiting for the food, they do like to gossip a lot. Um, I get to hear a lot of the different uh, different things going on between people in the building. Uh, so I don't want, like I said, I don't want to go into any personal details about anything like that. But um, but yeah, that's a real interesting thing. Um, you know, when people come in, actually, what I start to notice is that you guys here, you guys are really creatures of habit. Like uh, when you guys, when you guys find something you like, you guys stick to it, like for years. Like I actually have sandwiches. There's sort of like a secret menu that we have down there now at this point, just because people order the same thing so often. You know, we have like uh, like like the Jan Grow cheese. We have uh, the Dennis Greenhouse Supreme. We got uh, the J Man Special, and it goes on and on. There's all these different sandwiches that we just sort of make just specifically for people. You know, it's that's a, that's really cool. Can you explain some of the um, the challenges, like you know, with it being so fast paced, and especially in mm. June when it gets crazy? Well, the most challenging thing about uh, running a kitchen here in Lifestyle Fall isn't actually about it being fast paced, because I'm used to that. That's fine. In fact, just the air conditioning makes it ten times better in this building. I'll tell you that. Um, the real challenge comes with the size of the kitchen. Okay, that kitchen is it's very small. Okay, it's not an off storage space, nothing like that. So I can't operate it like I would a normal restaurant where I would get uh, deliveries once a week. You know, I'm stock up. I just go out the week and get a new delivery, just keep that going. Instead, I have to basically on a daily basis from day to day, just restock the kitchen every day in the morning. So I come in early in the morning to the other shop. I get all of my stuff delivered there on our regular delivery. That's, what, that's the only way I actually was able to make this kitchen work is that our main shop was so close by because otherwise it would be almost impossible to get the supplies I need here on a weekly basis, you know, with the amount that I need because there's no way to bring a truck here. Besides, you know, with it only being three days, three session days out of the week and then close the other six months, it just wouldn't be very viable. And I can understand why a lot of people who had the kitchen before found a, a hard time running it because I've heard some stories about it. Uh, and But, I mean, I've made it work. Because doing it that way, it uh, works out pretty well. But yeah, it does get challenging, especially when you get to like uh, Wednesday committee days and stuff like that, where I know it's going to be busy. And I got like 50 different things on my mind that needs to get done while also trying to stock this kitchen and get everything running. It's, it's crazy. But, you know, like I said, it works out. It's so you have, um, you know, legislators, lobbyists, you know, everybody. Can you kind of talk about all the different people that you'll get to meet and see during the day? Definitely. Um, I got to say, I like the lobbyists a lot. They have uh, lobbyists have a... Uh, a great sense of humor, that's for sure. I, I do like the lobbyists. Uh, they come in all the time. Um, James is one of our favorites. He's down there. He comes in every day. He always, always comes in and jokes with us and everything. He's, uh, he's a good guy. Um, the senators and all that stuff, they're, uh, they're, they're good people. They like to talk to you. They're, they're definitely ready to listen if you ever have something to talk about. Like The other thing is I actually do like politics, which I know is an unpopular opinion these days. You know, It's, uh, it's kind of hard to like politics these days. 
but I do like politics, and so whenever I have uh, something that's going on in the state or anything like that that I do want to talk to, I know it's one of the senators come in. They always take the time to talk to you. They're they're great people. They definitely like to take their time and just listen to what you have to say, and I really do appreciate that about them. Do any of the um, senators and representatives order anything like interesting or you know just something memorable <laughs> that you can share? Hmm. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't remember her name. In fact, she was on the Joint Finance Committee. Uh, she um, she just left this year, actually. But I'll never forget that she was the only person that I knew uh, that she almost every single week, uh, about two or three times a week, especially during uh, uh, February during the um, Joint Finance Committee time and stuff like that. She would um, she would order the same thing every time. It was uh, just two chicken breasts grilled with absolutely nothing on them just not seasoned just plain bland chicken just dry bland chicken just <laughs> we, we, we with like two pieces of wheat toast and i i don't know how anybody could possibly eat it i felt bad making it for her but it's what she wanted and i mean i didn't know what to do but yeah that's what she used to get uh, almost every day yeah and now, as since she's gone, I don't know, I guess she must have been running things over there because uh, ever since she's gone now, uh, the Joint Finance Committee, whenever I do their catering, they order about uh, five pounds of bacon every time. <laughs> Literally. No, that's all they get is they just come in and they say, we want um, two trays of bacon, and they don't know what a tray means, so I usually end up making about five pounds of bacon just in a big tub for them, just five pounds of bacon almost every day during Joint Finance, which is... Which is interesting. I don't know what they do with it. I don't know if they just sit around and just eat it or they have a salad or something. I have no idea. But yeah, they get a lot of bacon, which is, uh, which is cool. Is there anything you won't make that's just on your list of like, nope, not doing it? <laughs> um, no. I mean, honestly, I'm pretty accommodating. If, if, if I have it and you want it, I will figure out how to make it for you. There's, there's almost nothing I won't do in the kitchen if somebody asks for it. And they're willing to pay for it. But otherwise, yeah, I'll make pretty much anything. I don't know what, what would be the worst thing that I've made besides, you know, the bland chicken. It's probably the, the most tasteless. But, <laughs> but yeah, I can't think of what else I would have might have made that, uh, that I would never probably make again. Um, oh, yes. No, I actually do know. Yep. Yep. And I don't even know who ordered it. I'm not even going to say who ordered it because it was one of the senators. But it was, um, it was a tuna sub with uh, – tuna salad sub with – ranch and ketchup and that had to have been just about the worst thing i've ever made in that kitchen over there i don't know i don't know what what that was it's horrible <laughs> that sounds very interesting <laughs> uh, and i'm sure i'm sure you'll know who he is too now that i said that you ever to <laughs> uh, it's okay you can order it it's okay i'll make it anytime for you <laughs> what would you say your signature um dishes oh uh it's definitely um Definitely my just my burgers, my cheesesteaks and stuff like that. It's just because of the quality of food, the, the quality of stuff that I use for those and everything like that. It's definitely the best one I make there because everything in my kitchen is pretty short order. You know, other than uh, the daily specials that we do, which uh, also I, there's another thing that I do like about Legislative Hall is doing the daily specials. Uh, it's sort of like a special dish that I change every day. It has really opened up my cooking expertise because that's where I get to try out the different things that I 
don't normally ever get to cook at the other store because you know we're subs peaches cheesesteak stuff like that you know we make all those great but i never get to make like those specialty things like the chicken cacciatore or like uh the baked salmon and all this stuff like and this and here gives me a chance to try that out and lets me know how to do it and tweak it so that way i can actually do it for catering later on for my other business it works out really good i think just i think the most rewarding part is just being able to be close to the action of everything that's going on here because like i said i do like politics a lot and you know, I never knew how much goes into it here in Delaware and everything like that. And ever since I started working here and being able to get close to it and all that stuff, I like it a lot more even. And so I do appreciate um, just being able to be in the middle of it all. And, and, you know, and, you know, who knows, maybe one day I might get into politics myself after we sell the business. So Donald Sellers, uh, my title was print shop supervisor. And I've been here 21 years. Uh, I'm a uh, permanent Delaware resident. I'm born and raised in uh, Sussex County. I started my printing career with the, after I got out of high school with our local newspaper, the Seaford Leader, and um, as part time. And then they had a at the time they had a separate uh, print shop press uh, printing area, um, and they offered me full time position there. <clears throat> so that's where I started my apprenticeship, and then. Um, Years later, they relocated the, the uh, commercial printing side of it to Easton, Maryland, and uh, then I took a job with Nanticoke Hospital in Seaford as well in their print shop. And then uh, I heard about this position back in 1998 and uh, applied for it and got the position, worked my way up to supervisor, and I got uh, supervisor position in 2016. Well, it's, it's so funny, I joked that when I was in commercial printing, we had a turnaround time of three to five days. And that was the first thing I noticed when I got here is that we had a turnaround time of three to five minutes. Um, so it, it's a pretty fast paced during session days and we have a, a kind of a routine that we go through certain things that we have to get out. So we start um, eight o'clock in the morning and we, we know we have to get the legislative calendar out and, and the, the agendas and the different things that have to be printed to prepare for the day session. What are some kind of unique things that are printed in the print shop that maybe the general public wouldn't know about? Well, you know, we, we do all the, the uh, legislation, whether it's ever sees the light of day or not. All the standing documents, uh, the Constitution of Delaware, the divorce decree, landlord-tenant code. We do the governor's proposed budget in January, and then that's followed up with the budget we just did back in the beginning of this month, uh, the actual budget. Uh, that's probably our biggest um, document that's that this year that was 302 pages i think we broke a record there because normally to tell you how the print shop has evolved in the old days we had three printing presses when i first started and we were usually up to our elbows in rubber base ink and every page had to be made separate and and hung on the press and printed and then put in a 360 bin collator and collated by hand so you had to print, like with that budget, 302 pages, we would have had to print all 302 pages before and run it through the collator before we had the first copy. When well, 2006, we switched over to uh, high-speed copiers and it made it a lot more environmentally friendly, a lot more cleaner, and the first copy out, it's a complete copy. So we can, we, from the time we get it, we can get you a complete copy of, for instance, that document, a 300-page document, in about three minutes. What is it like on June 30th? Um, I know everybody's always running around, and especially you and your shop. <laughs> I, we feel like a short-order cook because it's just really fast-paced, and you've got to get it in and get it out. But on the budget, we, uh, 
normally we would come in and print that on a usually Father's Day weekend is where we spent our weekends printing the state budget. And we would come in at 8 o'clock that morning, and when we had the old printing presses, we would walk out about 10 or 11 o'clock that night. And this year, we were given the budget at like uh, 10 in the morning on a session day, and they needed it by quarter to two on the House floor, and we were able to do that. So it was just so, so amazing. But uh, yeah, very, very fast-paced, uh, uh, especially like say June 30th, because then they're working a lot of these bills on the floors, and so there's a lot of amendments, and that we're trying to print the amendments and get them out and get them upstairs so they can work a bill. You know, it's the printed word. It's so funny that, you know, we, we always hear about going paperless. And yes, we have gone, um, we're way down on our accounts. When I first started here, we were doing 8 million copies a year. And we're down to 2 million copies a year, thanks in part to the internet. So much of it's now electronic. But there's still times where, where you need to see that, that printed copy. You have to have that hard copy. And, and if, I do want to give you an example. This is what we printed so far this year. Now, like I said, we usually do both legislation and non-legislation. We do about 2 million copies a year now. But just in legislation since January the 1st, well, second Tuesday in January, uh, we've done 754 pieces of legislation. That's totaled 3,048 pages, uh, and then the copies totaled 900,062. So, yeah, almost a million copies. My name is Janice Durham. Um, everybody calls me Jan because we have another Janice, and we had a Janet, and have another Janice up in Wilmington. And some call me Running Dove because that's my Native American name. So, And I am the um, receptionist slash secretary for the Democratic Caucus of the House of Representatives. I retired from Natural Resources um, back in 2005. Um, I had 33 years of service, and I wasn't ready to retire, but my mother had just passed away, and my husband was facing heart surgery. And with 33 years of service, I thought, okay, it's, I, I need to, to do this. So anyway, um, my last position was working for the director of Delaware State Parks. I was his assistant, and I absolutely enjoyed, loved my job, and hated to leave. So after... I settled, you know, with my, my mother's affairs and got my husband back on his feet. I, I just miss State Park so much. So I took an AmeriCorps position working for um, the Heritage Park, which Legislative Hall is a part of. And I was assigned here through the AmeriCorps program, through State Parks, giving tours here. And then a position opened up in the Senate. Bernard mentioned it to me, and um, I thought, yeah, I'd, I'd like that. So it was just a great, great job. I, I loved it. And then when session ended, I learned about a position that was opening here in the House, and it was the receptionist position, and it was for all year, um, per diem, but all year. And so I had to make the decision as to whether to go back to the Senate or take this position or at least interview for it. So I interviewed for it, and I got it. What I especially like about my job, and it, it's really funny because I was just sharing this a few minutes ago, um, <clears throat> I'm a people person. I, I enjoy um, public service. I always have. And I, I love to make people feel welcome when they, when they come into the office. And so a lot of people call me the gatekeeper. And I was sharing this a few minutes ago. I, um, I read a daily devotional every morning, 
and this morning, the day of my of this podcast, I open up my daily devotional, and it mentions the gatekeeper, who calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And <laughs> that's sort of what I do. I um, I enjoy, like I said, welcoming people into the office and making them feel comfortable, offering them candy, <laughs> helping them to you know relax and. Because you know everybody's busy and they don't have a lot of time, and so, and then I, um, you know, they they want to see their representative or their assistants or whatever, and so I try to make that happen. Can you um, also explain just the origins of Running Dove and um, Running Dove? Yes, Running Dove. <laughs> I am I am um, a member of the Nanakook Lenny Lenape tribe. We have. Um, two tribes in Delaware. Um, we're still here. <laughs> We've been here forever <laughs> since the beginning of time. But anyway, um, I'm a member of the Nanakote Lenny Lenape tribe, and my native name is Running Dove. And how I acquired that, we have naming ceremonies within our tribes. And um, the day that I got my my name, we were in the circle with the chief, and um, my brother is the one that named me. And we don't know what our name is until the day of the naming ceremony. And so um, I went into the circle, and my brother walked me in, and he said, um, I name her Running Dove. And he said, because she's always running. And he said, but she's gentle as a dove. And so that's um, that's my native name. And it's, you know, in our culture, it's nice to hear our name, and it's nice to always reference our name and introduce ourselves. When we introduce ourselves, we can use our our American name, but our regular name, but to to also mention Running Dove. And when people say it, it um, it touches my heart. I had a dear friend who just passed away. Um, his name was Coach Yost from Remember the Titans, the movie Remember the Titans. When I worked in state parks, um, we needed a, a speaker for our Delaware Recreation Parks Society conference. And we were having um, a hard time trying to find um, a speaker. And one day, one of my coworkers threw down a newspaper and she said, maybe we can get this guy. His name is um, Coach Yost from Remember the Titans. Well, I hadn't seen the movie, but I thought, I'll get him. I love a challenge. I thought, I'll find him. I'll get him. So. <laughs> Um, I contacted the editor of the paper, and um, and he hooked me up with um, his agent. We became such good friends, Coach Yost and I. I. I met Coach Boone, too. He came and, and was also at our conference. But Coach Yost, from that day forward, he always referred to me as Running Dove. And he would call me, hey, Running Dove, I'm going to be speaking at the Boys and Girls Club tomorrow. Can you come? And so I'd, I'd go. and. And so I had the great privilege of um, attending his funeral just a few weeks back. Actually, when you hear when you hear someone say "Running Dove," it just it touches your heart. And um, we're we're so proud of our heritage. And um, I participate in our powwows. We've had the opportunity to dance here in the chamber, in both chambers, um, for our legislators. And um, the first time we did it, it was it was really neat because. 
you know, some, some were a little shy, didn't want to get up, and we're like, oh, it's just a circle dance, it's not a big deal. And I said, okay, if you're not going to get up and dance, which a lot of them did, but if, if some of them preferred to sit, and that was fine, I said, you got to join hands. So they joined hands even over the aisles, which was very, very special. <laughs> so anyway, I'm saying all that to say that um, I'm proud of my heritage, and um, when I'm called Running Dove, it, it touches my heart. My name is Master Corporal Green. Uh, I'm a police officer with the Capitol Police, and I have been at Legislative Hall since June 1st, 2005. Born in California, the Bay Area, Santa Clara. Um, lived in Washington the majority of my life, Washington State, uh, Southern and Northern. Uh, lived in Mexico. My mother was Mexican, and uh, we lived in Guadalajara, Mexico for a couple years on and off and uh, went from there to the Ozark Mountains in Missouri, uh, where I graduated high school. And uh, from Missouri, I joined the military, joined the Air Force, did my hitch, got out, ended up in Dover, Delaware, uh, met my wife while in the military, and she was from Brooklyn. She is from Brooklyn. So she met me halfway in her mind. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, here I am. We stayed. That was, got to Dover in 91. Sometimes the days start for me in the in the parking lot at around, you know, I'll pull in probably around 6.15 in the morning, and I'll sit and catch up on current events for about 30 minutes to make sure I'm, I'm up on what's going on. Um, that's kind of my time, you know, and uh, try to figure out what all my legislators are doing and what they're attracting, <clears throat> who they might be attracting. Um, basically kind of go over the hot sheets, try to get as much uh, social media background as I possibly can, um, get in contact with our detectives if I need to, and find out if they've heard anything about uh, anything that might be happening, because they have a lot more access to different uh, news networks and stuff like that than I do. We kind of symbiotically work together. And uh, at that point, once I feel comfortable, I'll get out of my truck and come into the building, get changed. By around 7, 7.15, I'm in uniform <clears throat> and let the day begin, you know, let it get started. Our mission is really simple, and that's to make sure that the legislators uh, get into the chamber and legislate, period. They sometimes don't understand that. And when we have to have conferences or meetings or something, you know, whatever, they, uh, they realize real quick that we're not partial one way or another. We just don't. It doesn't matter to us what the issues are. The people voted you into office. We need to get you into the chambers. If that means driving you from wherever you live up here, that's what we'll do to make sure you can legislate and keep government moving. Um, a lot of them, their eyes open up sometimes, you know. Um, we'll do whatever we have to do. You know, uh, if it means having dogs go through the building before an event or something like that, that might be a hot topic. And that's what we do. Crawl through desks, go everywhere we you know, can possibly go. and But we do it all in the background. And people rarely, rarely see it. There are so many people that walk through the doors of Legislative Hall. What's it like, kind of, like, can you describe, you know, um, what it's like moving those people through and making sure that you kind of always have to be on the alert. That's probably the most taxing um, 
aspect of any police officer's job, period. A lot of people will look at us and say, well, you guys, you know, you don't do traditional police work and this and that and so on and so forth. Um, at least as a, uh, you know, back when I was in a patrol car and working the road, uh, at least I could get back into my patrol car, decompress even for just a few minutes and then get back out and, and do what I got to do, answer the next call, you know, whatever. Um, here, you can't be down. You can't be off. If when we have large events, normally you'll find me standing at the top of the stairs watching people as they walk in the door. The very first thing they see is a uniform. And, uh, you know, depending on the size of the, the crowd, uh, depending on what's going on, um, I'll walk up and down the line from indoors, outdoors, back and forth, up and down, shaking hands, having small conversations. Then, well, the whole time, I'm looking at people in the eyes. I'm looking at their torsos. I'm looking at their feet. I'm, you know, up and down. And there's a lot of people who maybe, you know, were planning on doing something dumb. Um, but once you make physical contact with them, it kind of breaks their gaze. And they engage with me versus trying to expel all their energy indoors doing something really, really stupid. So um, it's not something that, that people see that work here or that visit as much. A lot of the people just think I'm being kind, and I am. Um, I am actively, I'm genuinely interested in what they're here for. You know, that's just part of being a cop. You're nosy, you know. And, uh, and I'm a very social person. And so when I get to speak with them, you know, it's great. It's fantastic. You know, and I say, hey, thanks for coming. And I don't care where they are, where they stand. It doesn't matter. Um, and then you just kind of see them deflate. Their shoulders droop a little bit. And they're like, man, I'm, I'm glad you're here, so on and so forth. And then you see them the next year. Then the next year. Then the next year. Had one lady who, she was pregnant. This was probably almost 15 years ago when I worked here for a session um, before I was posted here. And uh, now her 15-year-old daughter is coming with her, you know, to these different events and stuff. And so when they come in line, they, you know, they, they're like, hey, here's your great uncle, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of nice. It's really neat to see the second generation be active and follow mom and dad's lead wherever they stand, it doesn't matter. You know, at least they're active and the kids get to see that, you know. Definitely a lot about like building relationships and rapport with people. And it is. Like you said, like de-escalating situations that people, we don't yeah. see that. No. Because we're all, no. you know, in our own little bubbles. Yeah, it was Sunday, I believe. No, I'm sorry, it was Saturday afternoon. I was, just got home from running errands. My wife was taking a nap on the love seat and I sat down for just a minute and uh, my phone started ringing. And she just happened to stand up to go to the kitchen and when she saw the phone, actually she looked at me and said, don't answer that. I said, I had no plans on answering that. And, and then she saw the phone, who was calling, and she said, you should probably take that call. So I was like, oh, here we go. You know, so now it's two and a half, three hours of me sitting in the garage um, talking, talking down, you know, just talking the person down. And, um, yeah, if you don't have that connection, if your law enforcement doesn't have that connection with the community, then a lot of bad things happen. 
Have you found, um, you know, over the years, how much things have changed, you know, in terms of, you mentioned, you know, with social media, monitoring social media, and, um, you know, really trying to make sure, you know, you have all your bases covered. How has that kind of changed, like, you know, through the years to where we are today? It's changed a lot. There used to be a lot more legwork involved, um, physical moving, knocking on doors. There used to be a lot of, a lot more uh, person-to-person interaction off, off-site, you know, and that we don't do that as much. We do when we have to. Um, but again, working within the Constitution, working within the people's rights, and so on and so forth, if there's no crime then we really can't, you know, do a full-blown type of, uh, I mean, we can do an investigation, but we, we can't really, you know, we can't do much. And, and thank God for those protections, you know. Um, however, getting in contact with a person or just, just speaking to them over the phone, you know, will usually um, break the gaze and break their concentration and that allow us opportunity to garner just one more friend, you know, one more person that we'll have that will call us after hours and so on and so forth. And mm. and it doesn't matter where they stand, you know, Occupy Wall Street when they were camping out, out there, there were these kids. They, they, it was so cold. It was just before Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving. And I took off my uniform before I got off one night and I just walked through their little encampment on the mall and um, I took out a huge tray of coffee, and I just said, "If you, I wasn't in uniform. I said, if you guys, you know, if you need to warm up, you know, just follow me. You know, we'll, we'll go inside and warm up for a little while. But that was, I knew what was going to happen, and that was just an invitation for them to say, um, to tell me what they were there for. And, I mean, come on, they were between 18 and 24, and, and uh, but they drank the coffee down. Um, and uh, got to know them. And then year after year after year, I got to see them grow and become mothers themselves or, or fathers, you know, and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it's kind of nice. Whip Count is brought to you by the Delaware House Democratic Caucus. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dehousedems, on Twitter at dehousedems, and on Instagram also at dehousedems. More episodes are coming, so make sure you're subscribed.